Thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms on today's show. It's opening day. It happened. They they won. They beat the Red Sox. We'll have everything you need to know about that. Plus, Aaron Judge and the Yankees do not come to an agreement on a contract extension, so he will be exploring free agency once the season is done. We will talk about that as well. We have some quotes from Brian Cashman. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Yankee fans. This is Stacey Gatsoulias, the host of Locked On Yankees. It is Friday, April 8th, otherwise known as my brother's 44th birthday. Happy birthday, James. The Yankees won. The Yankees won their game today against the Red Sox. I can't believe it either, especially with the way it started, but we'll get into all that in a second. First, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can listen to us on every single podcasting platform available, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So let's discuss today. Okay, it was gorgeous out. I was jealous of everyone who got to go to the game today. I know a few people who were there, and I was jealous of them. I wasn't that jealous after the top of the first ended, but I was jealous of them being at opening day and taking in all the festivities. And yeah, I miss those days. I had an opening day streak that was ruined in 2012, and I don't go to opening day anymore. That used to be an every year thing for me. It's kind of depressing. I miss it. Maybe next year. Maybe I'll try it next year. So Garrett Cole, let's discuss it. I, I said it the other day, but I can't remember which show I said it on. But I said that you're gonna see some guys have iffy outings, at least the first few weeks of spring training. A spring training. <laughs> Of the regular season because of spring training not being as long as it normally is. So some guys are going to have to adjust. Maybe not the hitters so much. It's more the pitchers. I mean, was it good? No. <laughs> he gave up three runs in the top of the, the first inning. It was... Uh, I even missed it. I had to... I, I, I walked out of the room to get something. And then I walked back in and it's 2 nothing. And I thought, uh, what the hell happened here? And then I rewound my TV because it's 2022 and we have that technology. And then I saw what happened. Rafael Devers. Then the Red Sox went up 3 nothing, And I'm thinking, oh, no, this is going to be so bad. The discourse is going to be absolutely horrible. We're going to be hearing so many dumb things from so many angry people. And then Cole settled down. He only pitched four innings. He gave up those three hits. He, you know, what are you going to do? Like I said. It's the beginning of the season. They didn't have a long enough spring training to get ready, especially the pitchers. And he threw 68 pitches, lasted four innings. Not ideal, especially because of the way the game ended and because of how many players were needed to finish the game. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, I would give Garrett Cole a C+. <laughs> Could have been worse. 
could have been a lot worse. And the Yankees hitters were doing what they normally do. All or nothing. Home run or nothing. Home run or strikeout. They struck out 14 times, 15 times. Let me double check that because it was 14 at one point. 15. They had 15 strikeouts. Donaldson had one. Judge had one. Rizzo did not strike out. LeMayhew did not strike out out of the starters. Stanton had four. Gallo had three. Hicks had three. Higashioka had one. Kiner Falefa had two for a total of 15. They had nine hits, 15 strikeouts. The Red Sox had nine hits, 11 strikeouts. Interesting. It was, they were pretty close in that way. The Red Sox had two errors. The Yankees did not have any. And I joked before the game started because I... I you know how in basketball they'll talk about a guy going up to the free throw line. This guy has hit 50 shots in a row and then he inevitably misses the free throw. I thought because in the pregame and heading into the season, all anyone could talk about, myself included, about the Yankees improving their defense. So I joked on Twitter and said, watch, we're, we're talking about how great they are on defense and they'll probably screw up. They did not. So good job by the infield. Gleyber Torres did not start the game, but he did have a big moment in the game. And we'll get to that later. But he did not start. The lineup. Yes, let's discuss this. We have time in this first segment to discuss this. And I wanted to discuss this. So this isn't something I'm adding on. This is something that I wanted to talk about. I thought about it before the game even started. I put in my brain, talk about the lineup or talk about the reaction of the lineup on the show tonight, because my goodness, people, it's opening day. Can we all calm down? Can we all calm down? I know that the lineup sometimes makes people crazy, but you have to calm down. Craig Calcaterra said something really funny on Twitter because I joked about it. I said, oh, it, you know, happy Yankee fans overreacting to the lineup day. This happens every day of the regular season. <laughs> and Craig Calcaterra, national writer, he used to write for NBC. Now he has his own newsletter. Subscribe to it. It's really good. Um, he, he said, he goes, I follow fans of teams from all over baseball and no one is I just hit my microphone. No one is worse than the Yankee fans when it comes to the lineup. They freak out all the time. And it's true. It's hilarious how much people freak out. And I know people were... The way that it was announced that, one, Glaber was in the lineup. Two, he wasn't taking BP, which why would he? He's not in the lineup. You know, oh, Glaber's not on the field before the game. So, you know, some of the beat writers were kind of making it seem more salacious than it actually was. And I saw him in the dugout during the game. He was laughing and smiling. He seemed fine. And, you know, he came into the game, late into the game, and he played a big part in the win. And everything is fine, everyone. Okay? Everyone needs to calm down. Just calm yourselves. It's too early to freak out. Like, you really need to stop. And don't worry about Garrett Cole. He's fine. You saw it. He settled down. He also wasn't throwing certain pitches. And I forgot to put baseball savant up because I wanted to look at the pitches. I had it up. I closed it. And I 
don't want to do all that stuff while I'm recording this. So maybe on Monday, I can go through how all the Yankees pitchers did in this series, you know, depending on how the series goes, because we have tomorrow, Severino, and Sunday, Jordan Montgomery. So we'll see how that goes. In a moment, we'll continue on with our recap of the game because, you know, it, it turned out to be a good one. It was frightening at first. Again, Garrett Cole, but <laughs> it really did. It had that wild card game feeling, just like ugh, totally deflated. And then two home runs happened that we're going to talk about in a second. But first, we have to talk about Bilt Bar Puffs, because I always talk about Bilt Bar Puffs. They're the first protein-infused marshmallow. They're good for you. They're covered in chocolate. I highly recommend them. They come in really good flavors. Again, churro. For the puffs, churro is a number one out of all the flavors. Coconut marshmallow is not bad. I'm not a banana person, but if you like banana, banana cream pie is probably good. All Built Bars, not just the puffs, are covered in 100% chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein, and you can replace your candy bars with them. They're that good. And if you go to Built.com, you'll scroll down, look at the macros charts, and you'll just be blown away by how good these things are for you. When it comes to the flavors, I talk about mint brownie all the time, but some people don't like the mint and chocolate combination. What is wrong with you? There's coconut, coconut almond, raspberry, cookies and cream. There's just so many different flavors. And Built will create a flavor if they figure out how to make it good for you. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's any order. doesn't have to be your first. could be your 50th or your 500th, depending on how much you love Built Bar. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. You should listen to Locked On MLB Prospects when you're done with our show. Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, including some names that we may see on the field at Yankee Stadium in the not-so-distant future. So make sure you listen to that. It's free and available on all platforms. So let's talk about the home runs, because the Yankees are back on their BS where they do nothing or hit home runs. And that's what happened today until extra innings. But we won't talk about extra innings yet because we have to get there. So Garrett Cole, 3-0, heading into the bottom of the first. Then Anthony Rizzo hits a two-run home run to make it 3-2. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, this is much better than 3-0. And maybe it's going to be one of those games that's like a London game and they score a ton of runs. Maybe Evaldi isn't ready either. You know, again, like I said, the pitchers might be a little rusty. And then it turned into one of those crazy Red Sox Yankee, fan, uh, Yankee fans, Yankee games that lasts a really long time and finishes wildly. So it's 3-2. Then Giancarlo Stanton hits a laser of an opposite field home run into the first row of right field. Apparently he broke a kid's finger. He hit that ball hard. I think that, what was the, uh, I saw it. I think it was 115, maybe, the uh, exit velocity. It was, it, yeah. I'm not surprised he broke someone's finger. I actually, I think that if I saw Giancarlo Stanton's, actually, what am I saying? 
I can't even see with my glasses on right now because my prescription is five years old. So I wouldn't even have time to duck out of the way of Giancarlo Stanton bomb, even if it's hit 300, 400 feet. You know what I mean? It's just, that was a laser. And he broke this poor kid's finger. But I mean, that's a badge of honor, if I ever heard of one. I mean, that's, that would be pretty cool to go around school and say, yeah, I wasn't in school on Friday because I was at the Yankee game. And guess what happened to me? I don't know which finger it was. Hopefully it's not his middle finger. Oh, oh my God, I think it is. Wait, I can't tell. I wasn't even going on Twitter to look at this. I was trying to find the exit velocity of Stanton's home run. But, okay, that's funny. Oh, here it is. 116.3. The launch angle was only 15. I really thought it was a line drive. I thought it was going to hit off the top of the wall. And it only really went about 358. But, hey, home run is a home run is a home run. Doesn't matter if it's Yankee Stadium because I can't stand when people always, it's only a home run at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, well, it's a home run. And it counts. So, stop it. So he ties the game at three. Then the Red Sox go up 4-3, of course, because, of course, they can't ever... I was really afraid that the Yankees were going to have the problem where they tie the game and then aren't able to go ahead. I was actually very afraid that that was going to be the case today. Thank goodness I was wrong. So that happened in the top of the sixth. Alex Verdugo hit a single that scored Xander Bogarts. Then in the bottom of the eighth, DJ LeMayhew hit an oppo home run to right center field to make it 4-4. And let me say, you know, people were mad that LeMayhew was starting and not Glaber. He played second instead of Glaber. It was nice seeing DJ LeMayhew show emotion. He showed emotion on that home run. It's very rare to see the machine do that. I think he showed more emotion on that home run than on the home run that he hit against Houston when they tied it up before Chapman threw that really horrible pitch to Altuve in 2019. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. So that was my fear. The Yankees would tie the game and then not be able to pull ahead. Then, of course, the game goes to extra innings, which was my nightmare because, as I've said many times on this show, I cannot stand the ghost runner rule. I was excited when I thought it was going to be gone, and then the players voted to have it back one last season. Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to most of us? Who likes that rule? Javi does. Javi of Locked On Padres likes that rule, and he knows I hate it, and he likes razzing me on it. I can't stand the rule. Cannot, because the Yankees usually screw it up. And it looked like they were going to today. Mm, they almost did. Top of the 10th, Xander Bogarts hit. It was like a bloop, which kind of stinks. Michael King looked good, but he hit a bloop to Joey Gallo and... Arauz, Jonathan Arauz, that's how you say his name. He was the one on second. He scored. Then the bottom of the 10th, Glaber Torres comes in. And he was hitting for Kyle Higashioka against Brazier. 
He was one for nine against Brazier going into that at bat. And I thought to myself, the hell is Aaron Boone doing? <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one who thought that, but that was my initial thought. What the hell is Aaron Boone, do Boone doing? But th th I'm going to be saying this at least 200 times this season because it's going to be multiple times a game. Gleyber Torres hits a sack fly. Woo! And it scores a run. Woo! Yay! It scored Marwin Gonzalez because Marwin Gonzalez was able to get to third. And they tie it again. Then the Yankees are able to stop the Red Sox from scoring in the top of the 11th. And Josh Donaldson had come up earlier in the game, in the ninth, I believe, right? And I jokingly said on Twitter, I wanted this to be his true Yankee moment. I don't believe in the true Yankee moment. I think you're a true Yankee as soon as you sign that contract or accept a trade or are traded and put the pinstripes on. That's my thought. But I joked about it being his true Yankee moment. And then he didn't walk off in the ninth. He struck out. And I thought, all right. And then he came up again. And I actually retweeted myself because I said, you know, now's the time for Josh Donaldson to win this game. And then I just quote tweeted it and said again. And then literally a second later, he hit he hit the single between two diving Red Sox that scored Isaiah Kiner Falefa. And the Yankees win 6-5. And who was the first person out of the dugout? Or one of the first people out of the dugout? Jumping around like a maniac? Garrett Cole. I sense a bromance brewing between Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson. They're both really fiery guys. Apparently Garrett Cole was pissed about something before the game started, which is why he didn't pitch so well in the first inning. That's what they're saying. I didn't see it, so I don't know what happened. Maybe he thought the game was going to start earlier and he didn't realize that the ceremonies were going to last longer. I don't know, but he needs to calm down. Garrett, calm down, okay? Because you can't let yourself go that crazy because then you'll have a first inning like you had today. Don't do that. It's not great. So in a moment, I'll have quotes, I think, from postgame. And we'll talk about the Aaron Judge extension that didn't happen. But first, Bet Online is your Number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. I'm not paying attention to the Masters other than I know Tiger Woods started off kind of rough, but made a rebound today today's round he did fine yesterday today he bogeyed something and yes i know golf because i worked at a golf course so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts i did i worked at a golf course in college and i learned how to play golf after making fun of my dad for years for playing golf i learned how to play golf and i actually really liked it wasn't that great at it but i i liked it i liked how you were, because I didn't play, like I would play with other people, but you were really playing against yourself and trying to like do things for yourself. You didn't really pay attention to what the other people were doing. So yeah, I get it. I get the whole golf thing. I didn't when I was a teenager, but now I do. So anyway, Aaron Judge, the extension that didn't happen. So now he will be exploring free agency. And what I thought was interesting 
Brian Cashman spoke to the media today. He they scheduled an unplanned press conference or, you know, announcement at 11.15 this morning. A lot of the beat writers were like, uh, Cashman's going to be talking at 11.15 and this was not scheduled. So everyone thought, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and here, here's all the information you need to know about the judge extension that did not happen. So Cashman said the team offered a seven-year, $213.5 million extension, which paired with the $17 million they offered in arbitration this season, would have made the entire package just over $230 million. Cashman said before the game, we were unsuccessful in concluding a multi-year pact. Obviously, our intent is to have Aaron Judge stay as a New York Yankee as we move forward. And I know that it is his intent as well, which is a good thing. We're going to be entering those efforts in a new arena, which would be at the end of the season when free agency starts. And maybe that will determine what the real market value would be because we certainly couldn't agree at this stage on a contract extension. Now... Because the deal included the final season of arbitration, it's eight years. So seven and eight. But Judge wants nine. Here's my thought on that. No offense to Aaron Judge, but he's turning 30 later this month. I don't think anyone's going to assign him to a nine-year deal. He's not getting a nine-year deal. That's just not happening. We spoke about this the other day on the show. Things are changing when it comes to contracts. And unless a player is like a Wander Franco or a Fernando Tatis Jr. and they're all really young, teams are not going to be locking guys into long-term, long, long-term deals after 30. It's not going to happen. And the Yankees are finally kind of putting their foot down and saying, yeah, no, we're not doing that. And the Yankees' offer wasn't bad. And Aaron Judge has every right to say, you know, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to explore free agency. Do I think he's going to another team? No. I think he'll be a Yankee at the end of the day. Unless they want to get rid of the judge's chamber and turn it into Stanton Island. Which would be really funny. But I don't see him going anywhere else. Because I don't see another team offering him nine years. He's not getting nine years. He may get eight. Although I don't know. Because he'll be turning 31 next year. And why would someone want to have 39-year-old Aaron Judge running around an outfield? Although by then he would probably be a full-time DH. So, yeah, I don't see him going anywhere else. I see him staying with the Yankees. And, you know, I don't want Yankee fans to panic. Don't panic. It's too soon to panic. I mean, you never know. (laughs) He could go somewhere else. But what other... I don't think any team is going to sign him for that long. They're not going to sign him for as long as he wants. It's just not going to happen. Don't put money on that, though. Because I've been wrong in the past, but I really don't feel like teams are going to do that. Not for someone who's turning 30 this year. If he was a couple of years younger, if he was coming into his 28, year 28, or age 28, that's the phrase I'm looking for, his age 28 season, then I could see an eight-year deal or even a nine-year deal. 36, 37, 
yes, it's on the older side of being a baseball player, but it's not as scary as 38 and 39. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't see it happening. I don't see someone being like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you nine years. So Cashman also said, I think the expectation and the anticipation as we move forward is we'll talk another day and that day will more likely be at the conclusion of this season, but I don't want to be put in a position where I say absolutely not. I'm going to respect his position and I'm never going to rule out if the opportunity exists to revisit things over the course of time. He's too good a player to be, from my end, to be stubborn and say, no, we're not going to talk anymore. If there's something for either party to adjust on or listen to, I have done contract extensions in season in the past. They don't happen much, but it has happened. I'm always open-minded to anything that makes sense for the franchise. Aaron Boone doesn't think that this will have any impact on the field, and Judge doesn't think he will either, and judging... <laughs> okay, I didn't mean for that to be a pun, but here we go. Judging from his performance today, it, does, it doesn't seem to be a distraction. Boone said he's the ultimate teammate. He's probably the biggest leader in that room, and he's an, an amazing player that wants to go out and be great and wants nothing more than to be part of the championship club. And there's no doubt in my mind, whatever the outcome is, nothing will change in the way Aaron goes about his business. And then Judge said... Just getting into extension talks, that's a blessing. I never thought in my life I'd be in that opportunity. It's not something that's guaranteed. Just the thought of even going down this route with the Yankees is something special. I know I was guaranteed this last year. It's an arbitration year. I got one year to play and contract extension stuff is nice, but I got bigger things to focus on. Yeah, he went two for five with a run scored. He did have hit a pretty nice double there in extra innings, but then he was stranded on base. So it was a good win for the Yankees. Started off a little shaky there again, Garrett Cole, but they actually won with the ghost runner. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I really thought they were going to screw that up. I really did, but they did not. And thank a goodness. Um, yeah, Marwin Gonzalez came into the game in the 10th. He was the one that scored on Gleyber Torres's sack fly. And the Yankees were down to three pitchers, I believe. There was no one left on the bench. <laughs> so if they went into a 12th inning, it would have been interesting to see what was going to happen. J.P. Sears, Clark Schmidt, and Rob... Oh. Marin Siako, how do you say his name? I don't know how to, Rob, I'm so sorry. I will learn how to say your name by next week. I promise. I know you're very excited to be with the Yankees. You almost, you almost had a chance to pitch. If they had gone into the 12th inning, we could have seen you, but they did not, thankfully for all of us. Uh, it was a typical Yankees-Red Sox game. <laughs> Ended at 5.08. Started at what, 110? 1.15? Of course. <laughs> They do the extra innings rule with the runner to try and shorten games. And, you know, it only went to the 11th. It wasn't as if they, could you imagine? I was really afraid it was going to go to like the 13th or 14th and we would have seen some shenanigans. Thankfully, that did not happen. Tomorrow's game is at four o'clock. I believe it is a Fox game. And then Sunday is ESPN. Typical Yankee Red Sox series. And Severino tomorrow and Jordan Montgomery on Sunday. Fun stuff. Let me just double check the 
starters for the Red Sox. Oh, Pavetta is tomorrow against Severino and Hauk against Montgomery. Tanner. That's right. Tanner Hauk. Nick Pavetta. I know. I know their names. So anyway, that is it for this episode of Locked On Yankees. Very happy that I had something positive to talk about because when I decided I was going to do this as a post-game show, I immediately regretted that decision when Garrett Cole gave up those three runs, but thankfully the Yankees won. Thank you, Josh Donaldson. I would like to remind you that we are Locked On Yankees, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I would also like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We passed 1,000. We're going to do a giveaway. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcasts locked on MLB. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the weekend. And we will talk to you on Monday.